Okay, so I have Crystal from Michigan, Lee from Florida, and Tianja from Mississippi. Um, again, I want to thank you all for agreeing to do this for me. Uh, this is basically just going to discuss the incident surrounding Sandra Bland as well as any other similar incidents to kind of get your perspective as women. Um, a lot of the talking heads that I've been seeing on uh, YouTube and Facebook and things of that nature have been guys, and I just wanted to hear what some of the ladies had to say, especially black women, um, after this incident. So the way I want to kind of break things down is uh, I want to break this show down into two categories. I want to get your opinion on the responsibilities of Sandra Bland, and I also want to get your opinion on the responsibilities of the arresting officer. And I want to keep those separate for a reason. So I ask that all of you would please focus on my question and try not to take the conversation in a different direction if possible, all right? Okay. Um, all right, so we'll go ahead and get to it. Again, I have Crystal from Michigan, Lee from Florida, Tiandra from Mississippi. So, uh, Crystal, I'll start with you. And this appears to be the main question that people are arguing about. If Sandra Bland would have calmly answered questions, yes or no, would she have been arrested? You know, now what was her responsibility as a citizen? And focus on her. This question is not about the police and his responsibilities. We'll get to that later. But what was her responsibility and hers only? Well, um, being a person who has been um, pulled over by the cops as a black woman, I would say that in any time that you're dealing with the police, especially with something as simple as a traffic stop, the best thing to do is just to calmly answer their questions and um, give them the information. The routine is, is basic and it's the same every time. Um, they would, you know, let you know why you were being pulled over. They will ask for your license registration. That's a routine. They um, will may check your license and registration to make sure that they're valid if they don't appear to be valid on first glance. And um, then, of course, check your car, check your license plate to make sure their registration is there, and that's up to date. And then let you know while you're being pulled over. And then your conversation from there can lead you to either be warned, which I have been warned sometimes, uh, and then other times I received a ticket. So it would just depend on the situation. But at all times, you just want to answer the question. They expect you to be a little nervous. Um and they expect you maybe to, to not understand why sometimes why you're being pulled over. So a question mm -hmm. may be understandable. But um, but basically, yes, just be calm. And I I think if you are being respectful as you know as much as you can be outside of those parameters of being nervous, um, then that would be the end of it. Unless there is an actual charge that they can find, you know, through checking or through. Um, what they find in, the, in your behavior. Your behavior leads to other things, such as maybe having to check the rest of your car inside or something like that if they think you're suspicious. Okay. All right, Tiandra, do you agree? I mean, some people look at it as, you know, you're being subservient or submissive, 
and being, you know, almost like putting down your dignity, so to speak, um, whenever you have to try to remain calm around someone who may or may not be respectful of you. So, I mean, do you agree with Crystal on that? Um, in my in my opinion, um, would she have been arrested if she said yes or no? Honestly, I don't think it would matter if she was to just say yes or no because it appeared to be um, like she was being questioned about something other than what the initial stop was. So I feel like if she had to just said yes or no calmly or not, um, I think, you know, the answers that she provided were, you know, as a result of something that was asked of her. So what she said when he asked her, what, you know, is something wrong or whatever, and she elaborated on it. And in my opinion, I'm not going to say she was calm or not, but it did appear she had an attitude. But I think, I don't think it would have mattered if she had to just say it yes or no calmly, in my opinion. Okay. I think he was looking, you know, he was searching for something to co- concentrate on her, but I feel like he was searching for something more than a yes or no answer anyways. Because I don't know if y'all saw the, the stop prior to that, but that was kind of like, you know, it was the same questions weren't, well, I guess he did ask the woman more questions than he probably should have because it's outside of the line of the routine traffic stop. But I don't personally think if she had to answer him calmly that it would have, you know, I think he was going to keep on probing. Okay. All right, so Lee, looking at that, um, what Tiandra said, I mean, does it really matter how a person responds to the cop? I mean, if a cop is going to make trouble for you, they're going to do it regardless, or do you think that you have a better chance if you just try to remain calm? All right, piggybacking off of what Tiandra said, um, I'm not going to talk about the cop. I'm going to talk about um, the, the person who's in question, okay? In this case, it's Sandra Bland. Um, if it was any one of us, I think basically the, the, the most prudent thing to do is to realize that you are not in control in that situation, okay? You're just not in control. So you're going to have to yield, okay? And then when you are in control, you can do something about it. So I think that she really should have just answered the questions and put him to the test, you know, answer the questions, do what you're quote unquote supposed to do during a traffic stop violation and whether or not he was going to push it, you can, you can deal with that afterwards. Okay. But you, I don't think that you should give him uh, any reason to um, take it further. Okay. Just go ahead, give him your documents, answer dryly yes or no, you know, yes, no, no, yes, and just don't let them get under your skin, okay? Because otherwise it's going to take a different turn, and uh, now you're in question as opposed to, you know, the officer. Okay, okay. All right, well, Crystal, let me go back to you. And for some reason, Crystal, this particular tragedy seems to bother me more than some others. And maybe it's because she really didn't do anything, in my opinion. 
to warrant going to jail? I don't know, but it, it bothers me. Does this case feel different to you than others? And if so, why? Um, well, first of all, uh, it, okay, re regarding being bothered by it, I am bothered by the end result. That's what I'm bothered by. As far as her going um, to jail and being arrested at that time, I think that I really think she should have went to jail or at least been detained um, until maybe another officer was present or something um, because because she was not calming down. I <clears throat> I did watch the entire um, dash cam of the recording of it from the beginning, from the one beginning before when he came up to another um, driver and then to her. And, you know, it seemed like one of the typical traffic stops that you get in certain areas. You know, you, some people know where to slow down and where not to slow down in certain areas, you know, because they're, you know, traps, as they say, you know, cops are always there. But um, it just seemed like that type of thing in the in that university area. So, you know, I mean, she was very belligerent, quite frankly. And um, I think that is, and it was escalating. Her her uh, own being irritation was being escalated. Um, and to me, it wasn't really warranted. Um, finding out more about her, though, and some of the things that she's done, I um, I can understand where her irritation was coming from, but it was the irritation with the officer um, that uh, ended in her getting um, getting arrested because um, she wasn't even able to be detained. I think even if after she had got out of the car and um, she saw things were not going well, if at that time she had of calmed down or calmed herself down or just followed his directions, even if she was still upset, um, I think that she would not have been arrested. She may have just been detained until, you know, she could have calmed down, but she didn't. Okay. Okay. Um, Tiandra, I'll ask you the same question. Is this particular incident um, just another day in the life of a black person on this planet? Or um, does it feel different to you? Um, really, it feels, it hits home more. Um, so I guess it does feel a little bit different because we're used to black males versus black females being um, inappropriately handled by police. I'm not saying that it does not happen every day. However, um this woman, you know, she's kind of like me. I'm in my early 30s, and um, I have a smart mouth. Um, I'm respectful. However, um, I do have some type of um, apprehension about police officers, even though I feel I'm a law-abiding citizen. Um, I feel like some of them, you know, take their duties a little bit too far, but yes, this does feel very different because um, I don't feel like what she was pulled over for um, warranted all of the, the everything that came after it. Um, 
besides her being, you know, like agitated by the reason she was pulled over and then followed by get out of your car, all of this, you know, all this other stuff that really was not necessary. Um, It feels really different because now I feel like in my own personal life, if I was to be pulled over, that anything could happen if I don't say exactly what you want me to say. And I don't know what you want me to say, you know. So that's where it feels a lot different. Okay, okay. And you're a fellow Scorpio, so you can't help but have a smart mouth. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, I'm like, you pull me over for a change of lanes, not putting on the signal light, I'm probably going to be looking at you real crazy, real. <laughs> like, are you serious? Because I'm sure you got something else to do. <laughs> okay. And, Lee, what about you? Does this affect you and how you perceive being pulled over in the future, or um, is it just another incident for you? Well, I don't think it's another incident, you know, given what's been happening. You know, um, the only difference is now you're hearing more of this happening with females. You know, um, I've been pulled over, not recently, but, you know, a long, long time ago, probably pulled over for, like, I think it was like like not making a full stop and then one time for speeding, and that was, you know, way back in, in time. And I don't remember at that time being afraid of, you know, the people that are supposed to be protecting you. And I don't feel that I'm afraid right now, but like DeAndre said, you know in this day and age if you get pulled and whether you're a man or a woman, you know, the profiling doesn't doesn't know, doesn't give regard to um, – gender, you know, um, now you know that whether you're a man or a woman, that anything could happen. Okay. Most definitely. Most definitely. Okay. Now, Crystal, back to you. And and Um, let me add this, too. I really feel that it's regardless of whether you are calm or if you're belligerent, I think, you know, it just has a sense, a feel that it doesn't matter. Somehow there's already a, a pre uh, a plan that let me see if I can escalate this situation so that I can make an arrest. It right. almost feels that way. Okay. And and that's actually where I'm going next. And, and And Crystal, police officers are supposed to protect and serve. Now, by serving, that means that they essentially provide customer service to the citizens. And when you have a job in customer service, you're taught how to deal with irate customers. Why does this appear to be lost on some of the police force these days when it comes to dealing with irate citizens? Well, um, there's a difference between um, taking someone's, you know, order at McDonald's or assisting them with their shopping experience than a police officer pulling someone over for a traffic traffic stop. It's what what allows a person what allows the police to pull you over is you know for that whatever violation that you may or may not be doing at that time something with you regarding your your um your car or or what have you. But um, what happens after that can be many things. Um, 
this person, you may be pulling someone over and for, you know, not signaling or having a, you know, broken taillight or whatever. And, um, but this person in the car may be a criminal. I mean, they don't know that. I mean, they may be a criminal going, you know, taking a stash of cocaine somewhere for all they know. And um, they have a gun. But you don't know that until you get up to them and start, you know, interacting with them. So it's a little different than um, than just the whole customer service thing. Um, I don't think that really applies uh, to police officers because they don't know what situation that they're going to walk into. And, I, and of course, we're, we're not talking about the responsibility, but I guess the, the responsibility of the actual person, the, you know, the passenger, the driver of the vehicle, is to give them as much information as possible for them to understand that they are not committing a crime or that if they have had a violation of the reason or that they didn't know or whatever, and then they can get it fixed. And usually that'll end with a ticket. Okay, you you know you've been charged, or it maybe it may even end with your car being impounded or whatever. But the bottom line is, you know, you have to prove that you're not a criminal, that you're not you're not there to get over on them, or or especially if you are a criminal, you know what to say and do so they'll move on. Um, so, you know, so I, I can't compare it to a regular customer service. That's not what protect and serve means. Okay. Tiandra, I'll go to you. What do you think about that? Um, do cops get a pass on customer service because of the nature of their job, or should they essentially treat people um, the same way that even a customer service agent would, I guess, and try to calm them down more than, than try to escalate? Um, well, I definitely think they shouldn't um provoke, which it seems like that's what a lot of them are doing. Um, no, I, don't, I can't compare them to customer service either because I worked in customer service. So, you know, interacting with people face-to-face versus over a phone or, you know, even when you go to a restaurant or something and a customer gets irate, like, you still have you know, some type of boundaries because you can escalate it to someone else. You know, you don't have to actually deal with it. But in their position, you know, things can move faster. And like Crystal said, it could be, you could be dealing with someone ignorant or, you know, that's a criminal or, you know, they're going to be looking for something or not. But, no, I can't compare that to customer service, but they should not get a pass on being respectful of the people who are actually paying them to do their job. That's what they don't get a pass. But I've had interactions with police. Most of them have been, you know, a respectful interaction, but I have had people who, um, you know, abuse that they don't, they're not there to protect and serve. They're there to prove a point, like they're in some type of power, on some type of power trip. So okay. I would say, no, they don't get a pass, though, as far as respect is concerned. Okay. You know, the most, now that I think about it, the most hostile interaction I ever had with a police officer was a um, a lady cop. Um 
who said I ran a stop sign that I didn't run. Um, and the reason I know I didn't run it, run the stop sign is because when I stopped, um, I had some a stack of CDs on the passenger seat that slid and fell onto the floor, and I took the time to bend over and pick them up, so I know I was at a complete stop. But I think when she saw me bend over, she thought I was hiding something and wanted a reason to pull me over. But she was really rude to me to the point I actually got nervous uh, because when I she asked me what happened, I told her that I stopped. And she said, no, I didn't. And I said, well, yes, ma'am, I did. And I tried to explain why. She got loud with me and started screaming at me. And So, uh, yeah, that was like my personal experience. But, uh, Lee, um, I, know, I mean. She was just trying to pick you up, right? So that's why she got pissed off. <laughs> you know, she wasn't bad looking, now that I think about it. But, um, See, you just got to go with the flow, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, whips and chains are one thing, but a gun on your hip is another. Lee, what do you think about um, the, as far as the responsibility of the police department and how it does seem like a lot of times they do appear to be provoking people rather than trying to use some type of customer service tactics to calm them down? Yeah, definitely you can't compare that to customer service just because of the nature of the job. So I agree with the young ladies um, as far as that point is concerned. I don't know if it's – I think that sometimes uh, it seems almost as if these officers are now um, approaching their job from a perspective of fear you know, fearing the public because of what Crystal was saying, you don't know who you're pulling over. You know, working in a hospital setting, you don't know who's coming in. You know, sometimes it could get kind of rough, you know, not as rough as uh, as what a police officer, you know, the the worst-case scenario um, that, he, that he or she can anticipate. They have to be on guard because they don't know who they're they're dealing with. But at the same time, they, they, they should be trained to be multifaceted enough so that they can start to de-escalate. It doesn't make any any sense whether the person is, uh, make, make, I don't want to say it doesn't make a difference, but it doesn't make any sense for you to provoke um, someone that you think might be a criminal. You know, so why are you trying to provoke that when you can, it must be another way. You know, that doesn't make any sense. So, it seems to me that if you if they really think that this person that they're pulling over is not a criminal and the provocation, you know, because someone who isn't used to being in the system is going to get scared. Eventually, that short interaction with the police officer, they literally can break you down, you know, to the point of being nervous, to being belligerent, you know. Because when you think about it, somebody who is supposedly a law-abiding citizen, they have things to do. They're not sitting eating bonbons all day and just happen to go get in the car and go to just go get more bonbons. They're probably headed to work. They're probably headed, to, you know, to something, some obligation that they have to go to. They don't have time to be putzing around with you. You know, just give the damn ticket and move on. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, now I want to look at things from the policeman's perspective. And, Lee, I'm going to stick with you on this. Uh, what was the officer's responsibility towards Sandra Bland? And I, and I say officer because I haven't really taken the time to learn his name. I don't know if that's important or not. Um, but um, even if he felt that she was disrespecting him, 
Lee, what was his responsibility to her as a citizen and a human being? As as an officer, he has a responsibility to at least try to de-escalate the situation. Okay? You I mean you have to understand, you have to be able to recognize the difference between someone who's kind of not used to, I mean, people who are not used to being, to interacting with the law, who look a lot different than someone who's, who's used to it. I mean, if you can't recognize that, then you shouldn't be on the beat. That, to me, is basic. Okay. So his responsibility was to, was to, at some point, before he asked her to step out of the car, everything that he did escalated just a little bit more. All right. And this person, I think he was there, like, what, a year? Okay, so he's there a year. He's had enough experience to know what's going to escalate a situation and what, what can de-escalate. He could still ask her to get out of the car if he needed to, but at the point when which he did, he should have known that was a bad time. Let's do something else and then ask her to get out of the car if it's really necessary. But it's just a matter of exerting control. But you, you're not really in control when you're doing things that's causing you to lose control of the situation. Okay. And, you know, and another thing, when they ask people to get out the car and they take them to, like, the side of the road, you know, sometimes I think that's a tactic just to get away from that dash camera. I mean, because you can't see what's going on on the side. I know they say it's for safety to get you out of the street and everything, but I'm like, you ain't got to take me that far the way I'm off camera, but. That's just yeah, but that, that's true, too. I agree with that. But at the same time, from the perspective of the person who's being pulled over, especially someone who's not used to all this drama, that's an embarrassment. You're in the middle of the street. People are driving by. You know, mm-hmm. there's two sides to this coin. You know, why? And then human nature is different. Some people can take it very nonchalantly. You know, whether, you know they, they haven't been in trouble. They're just going to just take it nonchalantly. Some people are going to get very emotional. Some people are going to feel very slighted. How dare you, you know? And it's right. their right to feel that way. You live your life a certain way, and you don't, you, you don't expect someone to come and malign your image, okay, because people who are driving by don't know who you are, you know, mm-hmm. but you just feel as if your, your reputation is being tarnished. That's true, too. That's true. All right, well, Tiandra, what was the officer's responsibility towards Sandra Bland? I mean... Even if he felt she was disrespecting him, what was his responsibility to her? His responsibility uh, was to do his job, which was if that was entail him giving her a warning and letting her go on by her business, that's what he did. But he failed to do that. He completely failed. He went a step further and a step further, and he just kept going. And so... His job and his responsibility um, ended at the warning, but then he took it a step further. I don't know if that was his own personal, but as it pertains to her, um, when he asked her, um, do you have a problem or is there something wrong, like that's not your concern, that's not your responsibility if something is wrong with her or if anything, you know, that's not even your concern as it pertains to your job right now. You're not a counselor. You're not, you know, not trying to make friends. We're trying to get the ticket, and we're trying to go. So that was his responsibility, and he failed to do that. Okay. 
Okay. Crystal? Well, you know, um, I agree. I agree that, you know, it did get out of hand pretty quickly. Um, as far as his responsibility, um, his responsibility, you know, see, now you're moving into more of a, a personal thing because each person um, reacts differently. I think with her being so upset inside of the car, and she was obviously upset from the beginning, uh, maybe even prior to him pulling her over. We don't know. But um, because when he first went to the car, he immediately asked her, you know, if, if, if she was okay, because she obviously looked upset. Right. And then when he went over to the other side of the car, she was, you know, still, you know, upset or maybe reacting, still reacting, you know, very upset. And and maybe he was trying to gauge what was going on. Maybe there was something else going on that he needed to know about because you don't know where a person is coming from, um, literally. I mean, where she was driving from. She could have been driving away from something, um, you know. So maybe he was just trying to gauge is there something that he should know as an officer about, you know, her, 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 you know, her mode or mood at that time. But anyway, he was asking her, you know, what was wrong. And I felt that he asked her simple. I mean, I don't think I didn't hear any kind of real uh, irritation in his voice, but when she responded back to him, she was clearly upset, even though she was explaining herself, but she was clearly very upset. Um, and then he continued to, you know, talk to her and try to explain what was going on. And she, it, then it became a back and back and forth thing. So he asked her to get out of the car because it's hard to have a conversation with somebody and to see what's going on. And plus, there could be a danger there um, with a weapon or something. So uh-huh. that's a lot of times why they ask you to get out of the car. Uh, to remove you from the vehicle, there's, there's something going on. You know, you're obviously upset, agitated. So what's going on? Let's get you outside of the car so we can talk better. And for um, and then and then once, first of all, it took her a minute to get out of the car. She refused to do so. And there is no particular right um, for whether you stay in the car, whether you're asked to get out of the car. There's really no right there. I mean the if the police officer asks you to get out of the car, you're supposed to get out of the car. So, um, but anyway, so then it completely escalated from there. And it was yeah. just, and then she started cursing and, you know, it was, I mean, I don't, I really don't think there, in that situation, the responsibility, I think maybe well, for him was to try on his level to remain as calm as possible and, you know, I think he did that as much as he could, but she was clearly, especially when she started cursing, did that draw on the line? Um, when you curse at, you know, a police officer or anyone, really, it draws a line in any conversation. Uh, so, so I, you know, it's hard to to gauge what her, um, well, I, I understand where she was coming from because I know more a little bit more about her. But um, for him, his, you know, his responsibility really 
went from, I'm trying to write this person a ticket or give her a warning. It's gone beyond that now for, you know, moving into another lane without signaling. Um, then from now I need to restrain this person who is now, I have now an agitated, you know, person on my hands now. Okay. So it's complete, now we've gone from one thing to completely a different thing. Okay. And just a quick question for whoever wants to answer. I mean, do police officers get any type of slack? Because, you know, they're humans too, so, I mean, they can lose their temper just as well as anyone else, right? Or is that not the case in your opinion, to whoever wants to answer that? They need to know how to control themselves a little bit more. I think that, you know, the the control the most important control that they can do is to control themselves you know yes they're human but um they can't lose focus or they put their own lives in danger okay so they need to to exhibit a more control than than the person that they're they're trying to apprehend or stop or um give a ticket to um i think that in some occupations, you don't have that uh, grace, um, grace uh, area. You know that 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 gray area of where mm-hmm. you know if you're not on on point, whether you know you've got things going on at home, nobody cares about that because you're you're in a position where you, you're in a position of authority. A lot of times, people in authority don't don't have that. Um, that leeway, you know, that little bit of leeway. Oh, people aren't going to be saying, oh, well, he had a bad day. He had a fight with his wife this morning, and that's why he's been, you know, he's he's arrested 20 people today. You know, he doesn't have that luxury. Okay. All right. A couple of more questions, and we'll wrap things up. Um, and, Lee, I'll stick with you. If you could address every officer in the nation right now, every police officer, then what would be the message you would send to them on police harassment and or police brutality? Well, that's a big, tall order. I know that you you sent this question, and it's, I don't really know what I would say. because It just seems like it's not really uh, a simple statement. It seems like it's so multifaceted that you, you need to talk about, you know, whether it's going to take diversity training, whether it's going to take anger management, whether it's going to take just, you know, um, maybe police officers not looking at certain people as if that they're already criminals, you know, because a lot of people don't realize that at a traffic uh, stop that you're technically uh, under arrest. Okay, so like everyone was saying on the panel, if whatever he asks you to do, you need to do it. Okay, um, but at the same time, I think that they need to start policing each other because if you're having situations where average citizens are becoming belligerent or becoming uh, rebellious, and they could be doing it out of fear. They don't know what's going to happen. They don't, they're starting not to trust the system. They really need to start looking at themselves and um, policing themselves, policing each other to make sure that, um, that they don't get desensitized. They don't get desensitized to, you know, 
to dealing with the public. Okay, okay. I like that. And Tiandra, what about you? What would be the message you would want to convey to the police officers out there? Um, the message I would want to convey to the police officers out there, um, I would say first, if this is not something, if you truly are not there to protect and serve, if that's not what you're there for, if you're there because you can't do nothing else, you don't have any other education, you don't have um, the capabilities to do anything else, you need to search within your soul to see what you really want to do. And also, because you're, you're, it's a big responsibility on your hands to be a policeman. And although I feel like they're underpaid and um, all that, I think this what's playing out in the media is showing us what happens when you, you know, we get what we pay for. We're paying these people to go put their lives on the line for us, and they're basically showing that our lives don't matter. And I would say that, you know, if that's not something that you're signing up for, because I know police officers who, not personally, but I can tell, like, that's not their passion. They didn't grow up wanting to be a police officer. Right. They're just there because it's a paycheck and you go through a certain amount of training and you get a badge and a gun and you know, that might be the only source of power they have in life. So mm-hmm. I would say, and I totally agree with, um, I think that was Lee that said that they do need to do some type of mass um, policing. Like, they need to be policed themselves. Something needs to be created to where who's going to police the police because clearly they don't have the organizational structure where people are being held accountable for their actions because just like we're humans, they are humans and they are, you know, should be held responsible for the law as well. Mm -hmm. Some of them are committing crimes, but they're, they're making it legal for them to do. And the more and more people that are getting away with it, it seems like it's not going to stop. Like, they don't see anyone being held accountable for killing someone that's not armed and dangerous. But if you feel like they are, you're allowed to kill them and get away with it. So that's my point on that. And I think you make a good point about them policing themselves. You know, the main argument that I have for people who always say whenever something tragic like this happens, they're quick to say, well, how come you don't ever say anything about black-on-black crime? And I think the difference between black-on-black crime and white cop-on-black crime is that if you kill a black person, if you're a black person and you kill a black person, you go to trial, you go to jail. But if you're a white cop and you kill a black person, you get administrative leave and you may not even get indicted. So I think that's the difference that uh, people need to to check out. But, uh, Crystal, I'll go to you on that question as far as what would be your message. 
Well, I can't really add much to what the uh, ladies have already said. Mm-hmm. Um, they do ne- definitely need to be trained, and I believe they are. There are programs that they go through, just like with any other company. You go through diversity training, or whatever seems to be the issue at the moment. Whether the people are actually listening, whether it's really effective, I don't know. Um, I I totally agree with um, uh, what the young lady just said regarding the fact that they're not being paid. And this is so unfortunate yeah. as you know, civil servants, you know, and that includes teachers and people who are really making a major impact on the, you know, on society with, you know, with educating our children and with, with protecting protecting the uh, community, I really do think that there should be um, a level of pay that should be higher for cops who are, you know, walking the beat, quote-unquote, ones who are actually coming in direct contact, uh, direct line of fire. They should, they should have a pay scale that um, affects that, you know. Absolutely. That, um, you know, that says to them, this is important – because nothing tells you how important you are than your paycheck. I mean, I know there are people, you know, who join the force or, or teach or whatever, you know, social workers or whatever, that they do it because this is what they love to do. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't get paid for it just because that's what you choose to do and you, you want to do that. You really should get, um, you know, major pay in order to, so your rest of your life is okay. So you Absolutely. don't want a cop to come to work and just like the, you know, the perp they may be picking up, both of them may be in the same boat as as far as life situations is. You know, they're both maybe working every single day, not being able to pay their their rent or food and, and, you know, not being able to put food on the table, not being able to be satisfied in their career because they're not making enough money to take care of their family. And, Cops don't make a lot of money. They make them what thirty thousand dollars a year, and I'm sorry, that's not a lot. No, right here. For maybe maybe for a single guy, it's cheaper here. You'll make, more at, you'll make more at Starbucks here. That's so thing. you know that that's the whole thing. You know they can't you because you're going to be frustrated. That's just a basic human response uh, yeah. to be and not to agitated. Mention, and not to mention too that because they make so little, they're having to moonlight. You know, so right. someone who yeah. is exhausted isn't going to be approaching the day, you know, at their best. Good point. Okay. All right, ladies. Last question. I know this has gone over, and I appreciate you all being patient with me and hanging in there. Um, Tiandra, I'll, I'll ask you this. Uh, I, I'm kind of old school, so I kind of have the – there was something Judge Joe Brown used to say on his show um, before he lost his mind on social media. But something that he used to say on his show, he's always talked about you protect womanhood and promote manhood. But I just want to focus on the protect womanhood real quick. It appears to me that with each passing day, women are losing more and more respect and protection that they once had from men. Uh, do you feel the same way? And what do you think happened? I was talking to my friend about this question um, yesterday, and basically I do feel like we're losing that, and not because of the majority, but because of a small fraction 
of the women community is giving it away. Like, they're giving away their protection, they're giving away their respect, they're giving away everything because of, you know, how this culture is moving, and I'm speaking on black culture, we're moving towards a culture of we don't care what we do and we will do anything for a dollar. Um, and I think that's why, and I and I could be wrong, this is just my opinion, I think that's why a lot of people don't respect us, and that could be white police officers, you know, that could be anyone that don't respect us because um, what we see on TV, um, how we're being portrayed in the media, um, every time a teenager or someone is killed, they're portrayed as a thug or they had this mm-hmm. rap sheet or they had this and that. And right now women are, you know, being glorified, like they're glorifying strippers. They reality TV show is like everything right now. And it's nothing. I don't respect it, me personally. And I'm a black woman. I don't respect um, um, reality TV shows because I feel like they're selling their soul for a dollar. Whether what they're saying is true or not, it's really sad if it is true. I would hope it's not. But um, with women, and back in the day, I used to indulge in it. But now I'm looking at it like, how sad it is that we don't have enough respect for ourselves anymore because people are aspiring to be video victims and um, strippers and, you know, just that. How can anyone else respect us or want to protect us if we're not trying to protect what we have ourselves? Okay. And um, a partner of mine once said, with every back shot that he sees on IG, women lose respect. I don't know if that's if you all agree with that or not, but that's that was from a guy's perspective. But uh, Lee, what do you think? What happened to the respect and protection that men once had for women? It seems to be dissipating. To tell you the truth, I really don't know when it happened. Um, it caught me totally by surprise. Um, it just seems to me that. Just like DeAndre was saying, the portrayal of, you know, the black family, if you, if you look back, like, in the 70s and the 80s, even let's just, you're talking about reality shows, but let's talk about, like, the sitcoms that, that we had. Even though some of those sitcoms weren't, like, the best situation, but it's still, there was a level of respect within those sitcoms. Like, let's say, like, Good Times or The Jeffersons, right? Yeah. They weren't best portrayed and then you know the Huxtables came along and then so the uh, the level is like increasing a little bit and but it's always going to be I think the influence the great influence is the media Uh, media puts out the images that then become the stereotypes and even if you're a woman who is uh, an accomplished professional you're now having to deal with people who would prefer the stereotypical belief of what a black woman or black man should be. And so 
they treat you accordingly. Now, the the thing that I'm seeing or I'm thinking might have happened is people get worn down. You know, when you're constantly being treated that way, it's almost like a psychological a psychological um, uh, breakdown where you some people start to believe it themselves, and so they start to give into it, okay, and maybe start re- start behaving in a way that that seems as if it, that they lack self-respect. Um, you have to be strong. You know, you have to know who you are, where you came from, and who came before you, that you can stand where you are right now. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't make any difference what television says. I. I really really hate those reality. I never really watch and never watch the reality TV shows. People have to understand that those things are truly not reality. You know, they they do things in order to get the ratings. You know, so some of these folks, I agree with DeAndre, they they'll do anything for a dollar. Okay, and they don't care how that affects society. You know, it takes so much to be successful as a black human being in this country and one one reality show can mess it up for everyone. I mean, even President Obama, look at the, the massive disrespect that that he has been um open to ever since he took office. It's just unbelievable. Okay. All right. Yeah, um the media can make a minority look like the standard. I'm pretty sure that a lot of people who think that every black person um, is exactly like what's portrayed on the news and on the media and on TV. So I agree that um, it's, it's, it's sad that um, that's the case. And um, Crystal, I'll let you have the final word on this. Um, you know, I know women for, you know, years, of course, decades, have been trying to get equal footing in society with men and men have made it harder. But it just appears now that it's almost like it's blatant, as if guys are actually just proud of some of the disrespect that they have towards women when you look at social media or how they're not protecting of women when it comes to certain situations. Why do you think that is? Well, um, I believe, of course, it began with the feminist movement. Um, uh, So it began with the, you know, the fight against, um, or the fight for equal rights for women. Um, and then that kind of an argument went back and forth with men and with women. It kind of um, has been a continuing argument and struggle. But as far as um, right now, yeah, it has kind of escalated. And I agree, I do blame it on reality TV shows. Not so much on the shows themselves, but the fact that the images are out there and that inside of the home, it, you don't have anyone to say, well, that's not real. That's just, you know, those are just those women. Because for white women um, and even, you know, Asian women, the portrayal of them maybe in the negative on TV, you you kind of know or most people assume, well, that's just those type of women they put them in one little category it's not you know not representative of all white women or all asian women or whatever but for blacks it is and um there was a line in uh, the movie up in the air where george clooney says i stereotype because it's easier and it's faster 
And most people do that because they don't have interactions with, you know, other races. Um, just recently, I just watched, you know, the new documentary called White People. And um, that came out on MTV. And they were saying basically what everyone thinks about how white people feel. And they were just basically saying why they feel this way. And mainly it was because they are not around black people. They don't interact with them. And going to work and working with them is not the same as actual real interaction. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you may say in some of the cities, such as New York, um, you know, possibly Chicago, but probably New York mostly, you do have more of a mix of people where you, you know, um, may be actual real friends with someone who is of different races and nationalities because there's just so many different people there. But that's just one part of the, you know, one city. That's not even the rest of the country. That's just one city. And I didn't even talk about the boroughs. The boroughs has nothing to do with New York, Manhattan. That's a completely different, those are different areas. So, and those have a lot of separations in the boroughs. And so, just in general, we separate ourselves, blacks, whites. We, we congregate with like people. And we do this by nature, really. I mean, we all do this by nature. And you just want to be with someone that you know is similar to you. And you gravitate towards that, whether you're in a workplace or in the community or whatever. And you just do this from churches clubs, whatever. So you may not literally see or interact with another person. So your only basis of who this person is, is what you see on TV. So I have to agree with that. You only see images that are derogatory. And for black women, you know, we're like really at the bottom of the pool here. For black women, you only see a woman who is um, she's a psychic. She is just the, the comic relief, just like a lot of black male actors are. But, um, but it's, it's more to it than that. Only recently, very, very recently have black women have been shown as the love interest, <laughs> you know? And so, and this is rare and, you know, I mean, and it takes another black person to probably put them in that position. Shonda Rhimes. Yes, yes, it takes her to do that. And and I was talking with someone the other day, and I was telling them, because I'm a Trekkie, and I tell them, I said, if you look at Star Trek, you know, they have a lot of black actors and black people in, in um, major roles, love interests, whatever, on that show. But that's one show. But that was the purpose of Gene Roddenberry back in the 60s, to do that. He wanted everybody to be included. So that's kind of right. the tradition of that show. But in general, but then again, see, we can count them on, the, on our fingers, which ones. Right. And, um, but the rest, you know, not everybody's watching Star Trek. Not everybody goes back and watch Good Times. Not everybody is watching, well, especially now, watching Cosby Show. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I mean, so in general, what you see is what you get. If I see this, I don't interact with these people, but if I see them and I'm going to say, well, I guess that's how they are. Why should I respect a woman who looks like that and acts like that or who treats people like that? And and then even if you say, well, maybe they're all not like that, then you see something maybe in, in your life. You see someone 
on like on the news or something that's most supposed to be reality, who is also doing the same things that you see on TV, and you're like, well, see, that's no, that's the way they are. Right. So it does take. I think some of the, that responsibility comes back to us as a black race. Um, so where is where does where does a cliche become a cliche? It's because you see it and you hear it over and over and over again, and no one's disputing it. And then when you have rappers, black rappers, who consistently talk about black women in this horrible way, and then you see the woman of their love interest who looks as nothing like us. <laughs> you know, it's complete, you know, she's exotic looking, quote unquote, but she's, um, you know, white mm-hmm. basically. So, um, on top and of then you black have women the, dance beside them. <laughs> right. While so you have the, the, the other people, the whites or whoever, the majority looking at that going, well, see, they don't even care about their women. So why should we? So, yeah. So it's, um, it's a cycle. It's a horrible, horrible cycle that's happening right now. And it's something that in other communities, white community, Asians, whatever, minority communities, they stand up for their own people. They always yeah. have. They stick together. They'll come to America and they'll live in one little house, a million of them, because they're trying to make it out. And they pool their resources together to do that. We used to do that. We don't do that anymore. So, so what can be done? I don't know. I think it comes really from us because the real teaching and real learning comes from your home than from TV and everything. But if you don't know anything else, then of course you're going to see, you know, no one's at home telling you. They don't know. I mean, what is your white parents going to tell you about black people? I mean, they don't know. You know, I mean, quite honestly. It's getting worse because they're so TV driven. They're, you know, media-driven in the generation that's coming up. So it's really no way to, like, what else? You can't get them to go read a newspaper or a book or anything. So that's the only thing, that's the only outlet they have is the Internet and and um, TV. Yeah. If it's more than 140 characters, then I read it. So. No. Okay. Well, ladies, I appreciate you all hanging in there with me with all the questions. I think you all did an awesome job. Uh, had great responses, and I thank you for taking the time because I think this is an important discussion um, that needs to be had. And people, I want people to hear it from a black woman. You know, as far as how they feel about the situation. Um, not only with how cops interact with them, but how men in general interact with them. And um, I think you all did a great job, and I thank you for being on the show. So my thanks to Crystal from Michigan, Lee from Florida, and Tiandra from Mississippi. And remember that the Talk to Q radio show airs live every Tuesday and Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. Go to TalkToQ.com for more information on the show as well as a calendar of events. So everyone take care. Peace out.